everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? Great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. How's the weather your way? It's hot. It is 88 degrees. And it's raining. We're getting our tropical rain every day, but it's still... Okay. How about you? Yeah, the weather's pretty decent. It's um, sunny right now, and it's uh, 22... Uh, Celsius, so roughly around 72 Fahrenheit. So, yeah, it's not too hot. Pretty, pretty nice and mild. Yeah, shorts. yeah I, I am literally wearing shorts as we speak. So, nice. yeah, my uh, partner got me some new shorts. It was one of those things where I was like, I don't need new shorts, and now I wear them. I'm like, okay, these are pretty nice, actually. And she's like, yes, you do need new shorts. Yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah, we're here to talk about Gilmore Girls, and in particular, we're talking season seven, episode fifteen. What we got? Well, with minus this one, I guess we got six episodes to go. We got yeah, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, seven episodes. But still, not that much left in Gilmore Girls. So, and you can kind of tell the show's kind of starting to realize that it's coming to the end because they're kind of wrapping up storylines and kind of you know doing things in a way where it's like they're not really building storylines out they're kind of wrapping everything up so um but uh yeah i am a kayak hear me roar is the episode title which actually comes from uh one of the better uh dialogue in season seven which is uh the time where uh Lorelai and uh, Emily talk to each other, which I thought was actually really well done. Like that whole dialogue, yeah, yeah. that dialogue was so fantastic. Of like Emily thinking she's not really that independent, and Lorelai being like, "No, you are. Like you're really independent. You're really fierce." So we see with narcissists what happens the next morning. Sorry. We see with narcissists what happens the next morning. So they will. Yes. Be super nice to you, and the next morning they're just they go back to being their fighting selves. Yeah, that was kind of interesting with her because yeah, she, like she had this great moment with Lorelai, but then the next day, you could tell the anger and the resentment that she had. Maybe it was delayed or something based on you know finding out that Christopher and her were done. Um, but yeah, she was definitely upset. With narcissists too, that if they feel like they've been vulnerable, they will go ahead. Yeah. Well, part of me is thinking too. Like, I understand that she was saying, like, "Oh, I only got sixty percent of my deposit." I'm like, "You're the one that wanted to put on this party. It wasn't Lorelai that that said so." Well, that's the other thing is that narcissists will blame you for something that they started. Yeah. Yeah, so. Lorelai was very clear she didn't. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like Emily felt like she was letting her off too easy. I think so. I think with Emily, too, like, she has this, like, she really, like, composes her thoughts. Like, and I think that was what it was, is she was definitely, um, you know, uh, doing her, like, she was really, like, keeping her composed, but you could tell she was starting to kind of think about a lot of these things, and then, you know, the next morning she just kind of explodes, so what's so devastating too is that she's thought this out and she's very calm when she says really vicious things against the trademark. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, kind of the the big thing about this episode is yeah. Uh, Lorelai's trying to work up the courage to tell her parents about the breakup of her marriage, but she's as as is usually the case with Lorelai. She can't find the right time to do it, which I find funny because it's like it's a character flaw of hers. Like she can't. She almost always uses like moments of stress, milder, heavy to basically be like, I, I'm not, I'm not telling them. And she does it with a well, lot of things. Why? Well, think yeah. of all the times she probably told Emily and Richard something, and Emily just eviscerates her. True. I mean, I think it comes from a from a real place of pain. Like, yeah. I mean, there have been times she's told uh, Emily things, and Emily just goes, okay. I guess what it is. Well, that's the inconsistency. It's yeah. Just so people will think like, oh, the narcissist being nice now, you know, they're being vulnerable. But nope. Yeah. And I think they're also implying that Emily was drunk, right, when she was saying that. Yeah. It doesn't seem like she drank that much. But no, they were only. They had like. Well, she poured some whiskey for herself, and and Lorelai had some vodka, but they just had a glass of it. It didn't seem like it was that much, but. Right. So I didn't say like edited something out or whatever but it seemed almost like emily was somewhat buzzed or drunk a little bit yeah yeah or at least that's what it was like kind of like insinuated but right. i don't know if it yeah. was there in the episode because she didn't seem that drunk but who no, knows? She, no um yeah uh yeah basically like there's no alcohol in the house and it's healthy meals and uh yeah richard is is not too happy about it um yeah and yeah when they kind of they kind of have a bit of a it's a little bit too much for them to handle so they kind of go into the room and have a drink and yeah um what was interesting is yeah sympathy comes from emily but yeah the next day it's it's you you've ruined my day which is again the like you said, the inconsistency of narcissists. So. Cheap uh, the party, but more like knew how to do it. Yeah. And I wonder if part of it was because more like just in case something. Mm-hmm. Didn't do the thing. Yeah. Um, Rory finds out that Logan's never had a real birthday party, so she decides to throw him, like twenty-five mini birthdays, in one like a whole bunch of little small games and activities and stuff and um yeah she finds out that yeah mitchum hansberger doesn't really do much for his birthday so um this time he wants to yes yeah so so here's the guy that doesn't do anything with birthdays and then she's had this whole thing planned out and this time hansberger wants to take that yeah and um yeah, Mitchum uh, invites him up for dinner, and they seem to be having a good time. But then he says to uh, Rory that, you know, she's kind of helped steer Logan in the right direction. And um, she's like, what? Yeah. Which, I don't know, how would you feel about that? I thought that he was, I, my guess was, I think that Logan, my guess, and this might be totally wrong, I think Logan talked to his dad about asking Rory to marry him, and and I think that the dad, 
the dad is, I think Logan's in the dad's good graces because of his business deal, which we now know is falling apart. Mm. So I think that the, the dad shows love through, um, just the mention. I think that, that Logan like proved himself worthy to Mitchum, so he's gonna be nice to to Logan and whoever he's with. Yeah. And I think Logan also may have talked to um, his dad about possibly marrying Rory, and maybe maybe the dad's kind of turning the fact that Rory's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. That could be it too, for sure. I don't, yeah, I don't think Rory's gonna marry him, but but I think that he's I think the dad knows that he's serious enough. Yeah. Is that? And I think it's interesting. Like they brought up like. Um, or she brought up, or Lorelai brought up, like, or Paris did, about how, like, hey, this is the guy that said, like, you were not good enough for journalism. Now he wants you to work on those papers. Like, what's up with that? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, we do find out that uh, there was a business deal and uh, it fell through. Kind of sounded a little shady. I'm not, I was like, listening to it, yeah. I was like, Huh, I'm like I don't, I don't know. I could totally see Logan doing like a stupid ass thing like that, like take stealing, you know, patented material or something. And I'm like, yeah, that's hate to say it, but he doesn't seem like he's maybe that experienced enough to do something like that. So wasn't wasn't overly like surprised. They would have, but this is such a big company; they would have had some legal team that would have looked into this, right? Yeah, that's also it. part of it too. It did seem a little bizarre that it wasn't noticed earlier, but. Regardless, yeah, it's not looking good for Logan. But there was, like, a really good moment where, like, he had his, uh, he was so mad and, like, Rory asked him to close his eyes. And, like, you could tell he was very, like, upset, but he just closed his eyes anyways because he's like, well. I thought that was sweet. Yeah, he wasn't going to ruin all the work she had put in. So yeah. But Logan's sensitive character as well. Yeah. I mean, it was a small little thing, but, it, you know, for for Logan, that was quite a bit. That was big. Yeah. He's, he's thinking about something other than himself. Yes. Um, and then also too, there was a subplot of Luke letting Liz and TJ stay with them, their daughter, uh, Dula, stay with them, or stay with him while their house hey, is getting fumigated. Why did they just say, "We have a moth infestation. Can we stay with you? Why go through this all your lonely stuff?" That's just crazy. Well, there was, like, that moment, too. It was, like, so sad when, like, Luke's laying in the bed and, and, like, he's pretending to be asleep or whatever. And they're, like, oh, he's so lonely. It's, like, right. oh, that's... They were being a little... They were... Like, it was just sad to see Luke's face. And he's just, like, don't say anything. You are lonely, but don't say anything. Yeah. Um, But I wonder, like, what kind of... I wonder what gears that is turning in his head because you can kind of see he's kind of like, yeah, maybe I am lonely. Which and, and here's this couple that I mean, TJ and they're not the the smartest, right? I think no. Say, but they are together and they seem to be working together well with the baby. I know that there was there was some really sketchy behavior that she had towards him. I think she even got physically abusive, right? Yeah, something, something like that. that. Yeah, so that's sketchy you know, but. Um, but also right now, if you were just looking at this episode, you think that they're a pretty cohesive couple. Yeah. And <laughs> Luke has got to be going, wait a second, how come they have this and I don't? Yeah. I will say, though, it does feel a little weird that they would kind of cover that when, like, 
there was that whole season four plot where he was listening to the audio tapes and that was how he realized he liked Lorelai, right? So I don't know. It seems like he's like, that's something he would already probably know. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that those books, he only listened to them like, well, in the show's time period, like two, three years ago. So he would have remembered that. So I, don't know, I was thinking that I was like, did he listen to those audio tapes? You think he would have, like, started to kind of, like, he would have retained stuff from that audio tape because he was listening, and obviously he was taking things away from it, so. You know, that's got to be a pretty brutal thing for him to go through, though, that the person you were just dating and that you were engaged to has just reunited with her ex and they're married right away. And we don't really see him talking about anybody, so maybe he's just in a place where he's just not ready to hear anything about it. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. I think he's, um, it's a little bit hard for him to, to come to terms with that. So, yeah. Uh, who was your favorite and least favorite performance from this episode? Best was Richard and Emily. I mean, Emily does that, that, oh, I'm such a nice person. And then I'm such a viper so well. Yeah. Um, and then Richard's just total frustration, um, I think was palpable. So I really like both his performances. Anytime they're on the show, I think they're mostly favorite. The worst was Logan. Like, you know, we talked about how he was being smarmy in the last episode. Mm -hmm. um, he's kind of smarmy now, too. Yeah. So I thought it was really sweet that he's, you know, again, putting Rory's needs and her work ahead of his feelings. Um, but still, there's something about him that just, it's just unlikely. So, what about you? Uh, probably my favorite was... Um, Probably, yeah. I would go with Emily, even just more so above Richard. Richard was good, but I I think Emily kind of, she had a lot more to work with in this episode. And yeah, she really did play the, the switch quite well between, or between being really, um, you know, happy. We're not really happy, but like she was, you know, very agreeable and wasn't like, you know, making a big scene when she found out that Christopher had uh or christopher and lorelei separated but then yeah that swung around and yeah she did that so well um as for worse i i mean as much as i don't like logan i i think liz was starting to get a little irritating for me and yeah. like tj is a little bit sure but tj gets a little bit of re redemption for me because i had a good laugh when he's like talking about how Lorelai's old drama, which is kind of ironic considering how dramatic him and um, Liz are, but... And he just doesn't get it. Yeah. yeah, like, he's like, oh, just always drama with her, and I'm like, not that far off. You guys have some drama, too, right. but yeah, it's just... It was that kind of, like, obliviousness of TJ. He lives in his own little world. It kind of it made really it a is. little little funny, yeah. but mm -hmm. Liz, I was just like, yeah. Like, not sure They're about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. And then favorite reference from this episode. Do you have a favorite reference? Uh, the Skinner box. I think it's when he's going into the apartment. So Skinner box is something used in, in operant conditioning. It's where you have like sometimes it's used like there's a little lever in it, and the rat presses the lever and gets a gets a, a pebble of food, mm. and so you can train animals that way um, and also work on conditioning and that's like one of the ways that they found out Skinner was a, uh, 
kid was a psychologist, uh, a professor. Actually, I think his, his um, it was another professor, not another teacher. Anyways, so Skinner, um, that's where we. That's one of the ways that we learned that um, intermittent reinforcement works really well for brains. So mm-hmm. basically, if you give a rat a pebble of food every time he hits the bar, he's going to keep hitting the bar. Mm-hmm. If you do it every other time, he's going to hit the bar. But if you give him random pebbles when he hits the bar, so as long as he hits the bar, he doesn't get a treat. As long as he does, that's what gets brains really fucked. So that rat will press that bar all day long if it's intermittent reinforcement. Which is, is one of the reasons why people get hooked on gambling. So if you think about like a slot machine, it's a random payout, right? Mm-hmm. It, there's it, It's a, like a slot machine, you would say that there's probably more luck involved than skill. Like if you think of blackjack, there is some level of skill involved. Like you have to remember cards and yeah. But with slot machines, it's, it's totally random payout. And brains really get hooked on that. So mm-hmm. one of the ways we found I thought that was through Skinner Box. Perfect. That's a nice little, and that kind of fits into psych a little bit too, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It is psych, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> there, I don't know if it's a really a reference. I guess it, no. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Like Lorelai says, "Wow, it's a regular speakeasy," and if you don't know, speakeasies are like kind of, kind of like they were like illicit, like illicit establishments that would sell alcohol so during prohibition yeah you could go in there and drink yeah. yeah so and that's that's why a lot of places like in chicago new york too yeah yeah so it's just kind of a fun little thing and yeah it played into what she was doing like pulling out the liquor that she's been hiding from richard so i thought that was pretty funny although i don't know if it was i guess it's kind of a reference i'm borderline on it because it's more of a general thing but i guess you know, specific enough. Yeah. Yeah, and, and also Canada had a part in that too, because because that's part of where people were getting their their liquor from. Ah. Uh, they would they would have distribution that way too. Well, we so are. Your country all... has a role in it as well. There we go. So yeah, yeah, Canada. Go Canada for helping people drink. Canada's done many wonderful things for the U.S. They've really helped us out. I think. There's a really so. good Tom Brokaw video actually about. Yeah. Um, Argo. Sorry. Or just watch the movie Argo. Ah. I should have seen that movie. That is a good movie. Okay. Um. Next up is favorite quote. Do you have a favorite quote from this episode? All about the wormhole. <laughs> so you have, you have TJ and Liz, who you know usually don't talk about really deep stuff. Mm-hmm. And he says something like, "How yeah, you were telling me about you know them and the space time continuum," and she's like, "All about the wormhole." I just thought it was funny, like they're, like that's just it's not like what I would think they would talk about. Yeah. About wormholes. So what about you? Uh, I like the line where yeah, TJ was just like that woman's just so much drama. I don't know. Yeah. It still is just funny because it's just TJ being very like. It's just TJ in a nutshell. He's very oblivious, but he's just so energetic and raring to go. No filter, which is a, kind of a funny, funny combo when you're kind of listening to it. Um, yeah. And then uh, behind the scenes trivia. We've got a few behind the scenes trivia. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, oh, uh, Emily touches Lorelai in the shoulder. Uh, since the very first contact, uh, yeah, and basically saying that like, uh, like Emily doesn't really show physical affection towards Lorelai that much. So, right. it was one right. of the few so times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they tend to not. They tend to make you earn mm -hmm. affection from you if they give it to you at all. It's a very punishment-driven thing. Yeah. You always have to earn with them, much like Huntsberger, right? Logan had to earn. Mm -hmm. Respect. Right. Um. Oh, uh, Mitchum says the word firefly. When they're having dinner, and uh, the actor Greg Henry, who plays Mitchum Huntsberger, starred in an episode of the show Firefly called The Train Job. So is that um, before or after the show? Uh, it would have been before, because Firefly was on around 2002. Is that the one that the guy that plays Dean is on it? No, that's uh, Supernatural. Um, no, Firefly was with... Um, Oh gosh, bunch of actors whose names I'm I'm blanking on right now. But it was a very popular show, and people asked to bring it back constantly, and no one's ever brought it back. So probably not ever gonna happen. But it was a popular show in the 2000s, and I think they ended up coming with a movie um, as well. So relatively popular. They did have a movie. Sorry. They did have a movie. Yeah, based on the Firefly universe. I forget what the name of it is, but yeah, they did one season of the show and then a movie, and that was it. the The show got canceled, and the movie didn't really do that well, from what I recall. So it never really uh, took off. Yeah. Huh. Um. All right. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot of other trivia, or it's all stuff like describing what the scare box is, and I'm like, we already talked about that. Um. All right. Do you have any mental health observations from this episode? The way that that um, Richard responded to having his heart surgery is very calm. Mm. So first, there's uh, you're confronting your mortality because here you are getting your your heart. You're basically put on by well, not basically you are you're put on bypass. So so you are having machines pump your lungs and, and your heart. Actually, just. Because they have to crack your ribs to get into your your chest cavity. So mm. uh, there there's some theories that you have a cutoff of oxygen, and that can lead to some issues with panic attacks and depression. Okay. And just overall, maybe some personality changes. So the way Richard was acting, I was wondering if there was a consultant um, mm. that, like a cardiac consultant or someone that had heart surgery. Uh, because part, you know, part of the, the treatment is if you weren't eating healthy before, now you have to, or you have to exercise. I will say, though, that some people, like, um, I actually have a, I think a podcast episode with my, or, or a psychology article. My dad had a, a triple bypass when he was early 50s, I think he was 50. And my dad was a collegiate swimmer, still swam on a regular basis. Mm. We ate pretty healthy growing up. And he didn't have any genetic risk factors and he had uh, like three complete blockages 
so you can mm. have that. Um, the only thing the doctor could think of is that my dad's an attorney, so he said maybe the stress of being an attorney caused it. But he said, but there's always just a, sometimes it just happens. Yeah. So I think that can be frustrating for people too, as well as that they do all the things they're supposed to do, and you can still wind up needing uh, heart surgery. Mm -hmm. um, and so the way that Richard responded, I think, was pretty random, Mark, because it, it seemed like he ate pretty healthy from yeah. previous. So that's why I was like, I don't know why you're going after how he eats. It seems like he ate pretty healthy. But I think also it's important, too, that if you ever have a family member in that situation, is to talk to the doctor and say, hey, um, what's their quality of life if you take away all this stuff? You know, like, uh, is there a way that we can gradually introduce things? Yeah. Um, because usually just going completely different with what you're eating uh, will make anybody crappy. Mm -hmm. And also, too, you see, like, when Richard was watching the golf game, um, you can see that, that heart patients will sometimes start um, realizing that life is short and they won't be able to do things they enjoy. So they may start changing their interests or they may start uh, or they may end a relationship or start a relationship because they realize the, the finite nature of life. Um, so so that's so the way Richard acted is actually pretty, pretty normal. Plus, consider, too, he's still in pain. Yeah. Um, and that can make someone also angry and anxious mm -hmm. and he's probably just tired and <laughs> you know? well yeah that's part of it too do anything right yeah um and then again you know there's that thing of that finite you know sense of of life that maybe he's just tired of putting up with her because you know i mean he sees her like verbally abuse this the household staff on a regular basis you know and then he's got this which appears to be a very competent medical professional and she's telling her to do work that has nothing to do like house with house chores and, she, and stuff and that, like that. Yeah. Yeah, and that nurse was correct. She is not obligated to do any of those things. That's not why she's there. Mm. Okay. So, so yeah, that was actually quite accurate. All right. I think it's time to rate this episode. What do you think of score wise? It's a seven. I thought it was actually pretty good. I thought the thing was. Burger mm -hmm. I didn't bring up too that um, Lorelai got Huntsburger by Emily. Remember that um, that uh, Logan and Rory were talking about. She's like, this is really weird. Your dad was super nice and said all this stuff, and he goes, oh yeah, you got Huntsburger. Like mm -hmm. he, you can not like him, and then you're sitting down with him, and then all of a sudden like you're agreeing with everything. So yeah. Lorelai got Huntsburger by Emily. She's with Emily, and Emily's saying all these nice things, and Lorelai's like, kind of like, wow, my mom and I are really connecting. And then she like, you know, just acts completely different the next day. So she also got Huntsburger. Yeah. And yeah. Emily needed her to help with the computer and everything, right? So narcissists usually are nice to you when they need something. When mm -hmm. they need attention. Yeah. And um, I'll give this a five. I don't think it's as good as the last episode. I think what saves it is the Emily Lorelai stuff. But even then, it's not the most engaging like conversation they've had. Like I think of previous seasons where like the conversations were much more interesting. This is okay, but it was just wasn't quite nearly as engaging or as enriching as some of those other conversations have been. So. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Steph, you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. 
And uh, you can go pre-order her new book, Healing from Toxic Relationships. You can find me over at ThreeIngrandNerds.com or almost every other day. I've got new content going up. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now.